0: Do we ba do but do 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 but do we
1: With uh, Elvin Jones' resounding thump, we bring you the Easter Monday edition of The Jazz Show. Of course, uh, Easter Monday has always been a a dubious holiday. Um, Do people get the day off? Do they not? I think in some parts of the country they can. I believe in Quebec you can either choose to take uh, off Good Friday as a stat or Easter Monday. You flip a coin and decide what you want. Uh, I think the rest of the uh, nation is kind of uh, uh, Easter Monday is no longer a stat holiday. Except for banks and uh, uh, government institutions. Uh, They get more holidays than most of us. As a matter of fact, I'm inclined to think that maybe they're on holiday all year round. But anyway, that's all beside the point (laughs) this is the jazz show my name is gavin walker and we're here every monday night with some of the very best in jazz music and we hope that you can enjoy the three hours that we have to um, do our thing on and uh, be able to stay with us we're celebrating a birthday tonight as a matter of fact we're celebrating two birthdays tonight and i'll get the first one out of the way it's Queen Elizabeth's birthday today. It's, this is her official birthday, not, not, not the holiday. Um, and April 21st. So uh, I don't know whether this uh, uh, fine lady uh, enjoys jazz. Um, I know her husband does and he knows a lot of jazz musicians. But um, I don't know whether the Queen enjoys jazz music, although she did go to some concerts with the Modern Jazz Quartet and Count Basie and so on, so she might have a taste for jazz music. Anyway, she is a fine lady. She's uh, celebrating a birthday today. So happy birthday, Queen Elizabeth. But we are celebrating the birthday of one of the uh, stars of our jazz feature, and that's a gentleman by the name of Loxley wellington hampton that's right from the time he was a little boy and took up the trombone he got a nickname slide and uh, that has stayed with him uh, for all of his life i'm really happy to say that he's still alive and well Uh, he's 82 years old today Uh, he was born in uh, uh, jeanette pennsylvania and um, is a wonderful composer and arranger and one of the foremost voices of the trombone. And we're going to feature one of his albums this evening on the jazz feature, which is shortly after 11 o'clock. It's an album called Drum Suite, and it features his working band, which is his octet, but it's augmented by some very important people, uh, including the great Youssef Latif who we'll hear on flute and tenor saxophone, and uh, the great Max Roach on drums. Now, Max was not doing any sideman gigs at this stage uh, in 1962. He was strictly working with his own band, um, and he was about to be barred from recording because of his very militant stance on civil rights. And uh, Max was uh, about to be boycotted uh, from the recording industry, at least for a couple of years. He couldn't buy himself a record date. And uh, he is on here, which is a great honor to slide Hampton. Uh, Max uh, agreed to do this music. And it's Max Roach's energy uh, that really makes this album Um, A superb one and one of Slide Hampton's finest. I got a wonderful uh, email from Slide. I I wished him happy uh, birthday today and I said thank you very much for your music and have a most happy birthday and he sent me back a a very nice email saying, Gavin, thank you very much for keeping my music alive and I thought that I was quite touched by that. He's a, a, a beautiful man, very humble and uh, we're going to hear his music on the jazz feature, Slide Hampton and the drum suite. But we're going to start the show. Last week, we played a lot of Gene Ammons, and we're going to play some more, but this time with his buddy his his best friend, Sonny Stitt, and of course, Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt made up one of the great tenor saxophone tag team matches. Um, they first got together about 1950 and actually worked pretty steady for a couple of years, and then they went their own way, but they reunited over the years. Uh, and of course, it was always uh, a cause for uh, musical celebration when these two gentlemen got together. And I love what Sonny Stitt said about Gene Ammons. He said, You know, um, I love Gene Ammons. He said, I really love him like a brother. And Well, I think he likes me, too. (laughs) Anyway, Stitt and Ammons uh, love to make music together, and um, Stitt had the speed on the tenor saxophone, and, of course, Ammons had the sound. That's that's really what makes Gene so distinctive. This is a later recording done in 1971, and it's a hard one to find. The album is called You Talk That Talk, and it's... um, on a Prestige album, and it was recorded uh, February 8, 1971, and it features Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt uh, with Chicago-born George Freeman on guitar and a wonderful organ player by the name of Leon Spencer, and Idris Mohammed is the drummer. So we're going to hear three tunes from that. The first one is the title track. It was written by Leon Spencer, and is called, of course, You Talk That Talk. And the second one features Sonny Stitt, and he's going to do a gorgeous version for you of the classic Body and Soul. And then we're going to follow that. During this time, Sonny Stitt was playing uh, an electronic saxophone. It was a, a sort of a portable amplifier that you could plug into your saxophone. And it, uh, it made it sound a little different. And he plugs it in for the third tune. Um, and you'll, you'll hear the difference in, in his sound. Uh, The third tune is written by a a fairly obscure saxophonist named Harold Oosley, and the tune is called The People's Choice. Um, Just remember that uh, on the first tune and the third tune, Gene Ammons is the first soloist, as he always was in this, uh, uh, at least on their recordings, uh, in this duet. And, of course, the tune in the middle features Mr. Stitt. So here, then, Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt to kick off our show. Sit back and enjoy this stuff. This is great. Three Tunes from a rather overlooked, unfortunately, uh, overlooked album. Uh, I think it's just great. Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt together. Um, they happened at, uh, on February 8th, 1971, and uh, featured Gene, of course, on tenor saxophone and Sonny Stitt on tenor saxophone. And on the third tune, he uh, plugged in his very tone attachment and um Stitt used one of those ones for um a couple of years anyway and then and then gave it up. He he got it for free, so he figured he might as well use it. And it was it cost a lot of money. It was an electronic attachment that you plug into your saxophone and you can make it sound all all kinds of different ways. Stitt was fairly conservative in his use of it, but it did change his sound a little bit. Um as we heard on the third tune. So the, uh, the other people involved here, the wonderful George Freeman on guitar from Chicago. Uh, of course, he's one of the famous Freeman brothers. We had Vaughn Freeman, his older brother, great tenor saxophonist, just passed away, and drummer Bruzz Freeman, Eldridge Freeman. And uh, so George was the middle brother, and he, uh, he was featured on guitar. Leon Spencer on organ, great player, and Idris Muhammad on drums, and laying down that beat on all of those tunes. So the first tune was the title track uh, written by Leon Spencer called You Talk That Talk, and of course, um, as I mentioned before, in this band, Gene Ammons, at least on the recordings anyway, Gene Ammons always soloed first, and uh, that was kind of protocol. So um, there you go. But the second tune, uh, Gene Ammons didn't play on because it was a feature for Sonny Stitt and, of course, a gorgeous rendition without the very tone, uh, just delivering his, his own beautiful sound, um, body and soul. The third tune, Stitt plugged in, and uh, the tune was written by Harold Oosley, uh, a rather obscure tenor saxophonist, composer, and it was called The People's Choice. And uh, as I said, Stitt plugged, uh, you could hear the difference in his sound uh, after Gene Ammon's solo on that one. Anyway, three tunes and certainly hope you enjoyed it. Got our show off to a a good swinging and uh, very much uh, soulful start. We're going to actually feature a couple of big bands tonight, but I'd like to feature a traditional band, first of all. Uh, The second big band will not be traditional. It's going to be something different. But this is definitely a traditional band. And, of course, he had so many of them over the years. I'm talking about band leader Woody Herman. And um, from about 1945 on, he called his bands The Herds. They became the Herman Herds. And, of course, there were <laughs> dozens of Herman Herds. The first herd, of course, was an amazing band, and it, it kind of straddled the two eras between the swing era and the modern era, And but the second herd is my favorite, and unfortunately— um, There was a recording ban, the second one in the 40s, the Musicians' Union imposed a recording ban uh, in 1948, and um, I'm not going to go into the reasons why, uh, complicated reasons and so on, but you couldn't do any commercial recording, so a lot of people... And bands, uh, before the deadline of December 31st, 1947, ran into the studio and recorded stuff uh, so that they could put it out. And unfortunately, um, for Woody Herman's second herd, uh, that was that was it. Because in 1948, then the band began to, uh, people began to leave the band. And so it sort of lost its uh, cohesion, Uh the Way it was, and uh, because m- many of the star soloists had established uh, their own careers by that time. But we did, de- they did record these uh, four classics that we're going to hear. And the first one, and, and they were all recorded in LA at the tail end of 1947, right before the recording band took place. The first one tune is written by uh, Ralph Burns and Shorty Rogers. It's called Keenan Peachy, and it's based on the um, old uh, chord progressions of a tune called "Fine and Dandy." So there you go. And uh, great band. And of course, I'm, I'll run down some of the people in the band. Uh, the band consisted of Shorty Rogers on trumpet, Ernie Royal, one of the great lead trumpet players, Stan Fishleton, Bernie Glow, and Marky Markowitz on trumpets. Earl Swope and Ollie Wilson on trombones and Bob Swift on bass trombone. Woody Herman, of course, uh, was in there playing either clarinet or alto saxophone. The lead alto player was a very straight-laced fellow by the name of Sam Marowitz. He never soloed, but he led the saxophone section. But the saxophone section, those were the guys. And, of course, <laughs> I said St- uh, Sam Warowitz was very straight-laced. The saxophone section was just the opposite. None of them were straight-laced, but they were some of the greatest players on their instrument. I'm talking about Herbie Stewart on tenor saxophone, Stan Getz and Zoot Sims on tenor saxophones, and one of the pioneers of the baritone saxophone, and one of my all-time favorites, Serge Chaloff. They were all. They were the real bad boys of the band, but they were the greatest musicians as well. Uh, Fred Otis plays piano, Gene Sargent on guitar, Walt Yoder on bass, and the great Don Lamond on drums. And so, um, the the four tenors in the saxophone section—Herbie uh, Stewart, Stan Getz, uh, Zoot Sims, and of course, Serge Chaloff uh, on, on, on baritone—made up. Um, a clique of musicians, and they called themselves the Four Brothers. And of course, that uh, that term, um, there was a tune written for all of those guys, and and we'll hear it in this set. So we open the set with Keenan Peachy, as I mentioned. The second tune features um, was arranged by Al Cohn, and it features uh, Serge Chaloff in a great solo, and it's called the Goof-A-N-Eye. and the. Tune number three is probably the most famous of all Woody Herman's tunes, and he kept this arrangement right up to the very end. And the tune was written by Jimmy Jufri and features all the the brothers, all the saxophone players, uh, even a little bit by Woody himself on clarinet. But uh, um, the solos by the saxophone players are incredible. And the tune was dedicated to those four bad boys and was called Four Brothers. The final tune was is the tune that put Stan Getz on the map. Everyone fell in love with this tune. uh, And all of a sudden, because of this last tune called Summer Sequence Part 4 written by Ralph Burns, Stan Getz became an instant musical star. And um, not very long after that, he left the band to form his own career. So these four tunes, hope you enjoy them. We begin with Keenan Peachy. <laughs> Fortunes by the great Woody Herman Second Herd, and uh, that was known as the, uh, uh, well, that was his entrance, really, from a, a swing band to a, a modern jazz band. And of course, all these great people uh, in in the band. We heard Fortunes, we heard uh, Shorty Rogers' great uh, variation on the old tune Fine and Dandy called Keenan Peachy, and that featured... Uh, some good solos in there by, uh, by Stan Getz and Zoot Sims. And, uh, then we heard the second tune, which was called The Goof and Eye. And, uh, that was, uh, featured, um, that was written by Al Cohn and, uh, it featured, um, Serge Chaloff on baritone saxophone and Earl Swope on trombone. Then we heard the classic, probably the most famous tune that Woody ever recorded, Four Brothers, written by Jimmy Jufrey. And of course it featured the four um, saxophonists, um, Herbie Stewart, Stan Getz, Zoot Sims on tenors, and Serge Chaloff on baritone saxophone. We heard a little bit of Woody's clarinet in that tune too. The final tune was uh, written by Ralph Burns, one of the great writers uh, for the band, and it was called Summer Sequence Part 4. And we heard a little bit of uh, uh, kind of a syrupy alto interlude by the band leader himself, Woody Herman. Uh, He never professed to be a a modern player. Um, But then that that very brief magical solo by Stan Getz, it only lasts for 30 seconds or so, but that was the solo that put Stan uh, on the map with so many people. They bought that record just to hear that 30-second passage by Getz because it was so magical and and different from anything that had come before and really put uh, Stan on the map. And, of course, not long after that, he left the band to form his own incredible career as being one of the most prominent uh, and most distinctive of all tenor saxophonists. Anyway, these were four classic tunes recorded just before the recording band took place um, at the end of 1947. So they crammed into the studio and did these tunes uh, in Los Angeles, actually on the 22nd and the 24th of <laughs> December, uh, to kind of beat the band, uh, um, because uh, the Musicians Union imposed a ban on... Uh, on commercial recording so there you have it uh the legendary woody herman second heard and um, it's too bad they didn't record more i've got some live stuff by them uh although the recording quality doesn't equal what we just heard uh what was done in the studio but we have another big band coming up a little later and it's a canadian band led by the wonderful christine jensen um, who is from Nanaimo. She's Ingrid Jensen's uh, younger sister. She's an extremely fine alto saxophonist, uh, soprano saxophonist and flutist, but she's an incredible writer, and she has this band that uh, won the Juno Award, and uh, we'll be playing some of that music a little bit later. A uh, very different kind of a big band. Uh, Woody Herman's, of course, is a much more traditional big band, but I'd like to play something right now by one of my favorite pianists, Phineas Newborn, Phineas Newborn Jr. This was recorded early in his career. He had a short-term contract with RCA Records, and uh, this was kind of prestigious for for him because he had just arrived on the scene uh, in New York, and of course he was being treated with all kinds of critical acclaim and also critical condemnation. Um, Many people thought that all Phineas was doing was playing t- chops and technique, and that was hardly the case even in those early days. So, we, we're going to listen to four tunes or three tunes uh, played by Phineas at the piano with his brother Calvin on guitar, Calvin Newborn on guitar, and George Joyner on bass. George Joyner changed his name not long after that to Jamil Nasser, and um, very, very fine bass player, and on drums. Very subtle drums uh, for him, Philly Joe Jones, which shows that he can adapt to any context. This isn't the hard driving, bombastic Philly Joe. This is the, he plays mostly with brushes on these tunes. So we're going to hear two Phineas Newborn compositions. All this was recorded in New York in October of 1956. Uh, the first tune is called Overtime. The second tune is called Clarice. And the third tune is Phineas's rendition of Cole Porter's classic, What Is This Thing Called Love? So I hope you enjoy this uh, piano interlude by the great, late Phineas Newborn, Jr., you Phineas Newborn Jr., absolutely scary technique, but uh, so much fun to listen to. Um, Phineas was, was not really an innovator in, in the way that, say, Bud Powell or Art Tatum was, but uh, he encompassed um, so many people in his playing and, of course, had, had such an individual approach and used his influences wisely. And uh, it all came out Phineas Newborn, one of the most exceptionally gifted uh, pianists to ever cross the planet, and someone that really needs to be recognized. I think I uh, I featured Phineas a couple of weeks ago on the show and said that uh, he is still um, overlooked as one of the greats on piano because of his inconsistent career and and, uh, problems that he had, uh, being off the scene sometimes and then coming back and off again and so on and so forth, dealing with uh, basically mental illness, which increased over the years. Um, Here he was in prime early form just after he arrived in New York and uh, signed a contract with RCA Victor Records and recorded a couple of fine albums. This is from an album on RCA called Phineas Rainbow it's a play on words you remember the some of you while probably the younger listeners wouldn't have even heard of it but maybe some of the older listeners out there remember the uh the broadway play um rainbow so that was a a play on words so this is Phineas rainbow (laughs) so there you go anyway um there's some solo piano on here there's some tracks without um drums uh, but we heard the three tracks with a full quartet with uh, Phineas on piano, his brother Calvin on guitar, uh, George Joyner, as he was known then, Jamil Nasser actually now on bass, and Philly Joe Jones on drums. And we heard three tunes all recorded in New York in October of 1956. We heard Overtime and clarice the first two tunes were phineas newborn compositions and then of course the last tune was a completely virtuoso version of cole porter's what is this thing called love phineas newborn jr a name and a pianist to be reckoned with lester young lester young is up next First of all, I'd just like to remind you, that uh, before we get into the next uh, little segment of music, um, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9. I'm very happy that you're all out there this evening. And on your computer, of course, uh, which is uh, citr.ca, and that's very easy to access, and uh, you can live stream, and provided you have some good speakers with your computer, I think most people have... uh, purchase those now and uh, it's really an asset because there's a lot of music on on the computer and um, our radio station is on there and you can get it uh, loud and clear even if you can't get it maybe clear on regular fm in wherever you're living sometimes there's there's little dead spots and so on Um, so the computer sometimes is is a better alternative however That's where we're at, and of course we're out here at the uh, uh, campus of the beautiful uh, University of British Columbia. Mm -hmm. And we're here every Monday night. My name's Gavin Walker. Lester Young is up next, the president. This was recorded just after he, um, this is a long story and I I won't get into it, but he was inducted into the U.S. Army. Um, He was kind of trapped into the U.S. Army. Um, himself and Joe Jones were uh, uh, Papa Joe Jones were on a gig and they were being treated very nicely by what they thought was a jazz fan and um, of course Lester had got his draft notice both of these guys Jones and and Lester had got their draft notices and um, they (laughs) conveniently ignored them something you didn't do at the time And, um, anyway, this friendly jazz fan, very knowledgeable and, uh, so on befriended, uh, Lester and, and Papa Joe and, um, you know, bought them drinks and requested tunes and was carried on an intelligent conversation. And then at the end of the, and listened to Lester play and Joe play and all this kind of stuff. And then at the end of the evening, of course, he presented his badge. He was an MP for the U.S. Army. And of course... They were immediately put under arrest and sent to a barracks to, uh, to join the Army uh, because they hadn't done that yet. And for a man like Lester Young, it was a horrible experience, and, and there has been a, um, an essay written about his his experience in the Army. He was given a dishonorable discharge. Um, that He was such an individual and such a unique man that uh, the rigidity of being in, in an army and everything else was just so totally against his his nature, and many people thought he was never the same after the army. Well, it was a traumatic experience, but he certainly played beautifully. And, and uh, here he is, um, about uh, a few months after his uh, his release, uh, he was he was in jail for about a year. Uh, serving his time and getting his dishonorable discharge. Then he came back and um, began playing, and we're going to hear a couple of things recorded uh, in Los Angeles in March of 1946 with Lester, the president on tenor saxophone, Nat King Cole on piano, Oscar Moore on guitar, Johnny Miller on bass. All those three guys were a member of the legendary Nat King Cole trio. And Buddy Rich on drums. And this stuff was recorded um, for the, uh, actually for the armed forces on a special uh, network called, and it was a special show um, aimed at the U.S. armed forces, uh, especially the African-American arm, armed forces. The show was called Jubilee, and these two selections are uh, air checks from, uh, From that show. So we take you back and hear some prime Lester Young. And of course, this gentleman, probably as much as Charlie Parker, influenced generations after generations of saxophone players, alto players, tenor players, you name it. Lester Young was really one of the great pioneers of modern jazz. Oh, hi there, Gates. If you're getting nervous and planning to cut out, don't. Here's a mess of groovy glue. Stick around a while and listen closely. We haven't just an old tenor saxophone man coming up the juba mic right now. No, sir. We'll only corral the big blow himself, who's been away too long to suit us. Here he is, gents. Lester Young! <clears> hi, <throat> right, Lester. It's a real boot to see you've checked out of that khaki suit.
0: Thanks, Ernie. As you see, I've even taken all the GI pain off my heart.
1: Well, let's not just stand around talking, Lester. All of us are planning to hear some of that Chinna chanting.
0: Okay, Ernie, with the King Cole Tree and Buddy Rich on drums, we'd like to toy around with these foolish things. Oh. <laughs>
1: encore this time now with buddy rich on the drums lester
0: leaps in
1: we got one more for you, but uh, those two were recorded at the uh, Jubilee Show, which was a, a show that, uh, directed um, by U.S. Armed Forces Radio, and it was uh, directed at the uh, African-American uh, troops, and it was a variety show. And the host, of course, his, whose voice you heard was the inimitable Ernie Whitman. Ernie was, uh, was a, <laughs> a rather large man. Uh, He was about 350 pounds, a very jovial fellow, and uh, he used to refer to himself as the stomach that walks like a man. So you can imagine what Ernie looked like. Anyway, um, the next tune, oh, we heard two tunes. uh, First of all, These Foolish Things, uh, to open the set, and then, of course, Lester's theme, Lester Leaps In, with... uh, Nat King Cole at the piano, Oscar Moore on guitar, Johnny Miller on bass, and Buddy Rich on drums. Um, The next tune has got a different rhythm section. It's a Canadian uh, gentleman on piano, Kenny Kersey, great piano player, nobody talks about him anymore, Billy Hadnot on bass, and one of my favorite drummers, Shadow Wilson. And um, again, this is from a a Jubilee show, and we hear Er Ernie Whitman uh, talk to Lester again. And this is Lester's own tune that was dedicated to, um, the barracks that he was, uh, put in after his conviction. Um, uh, and, uh, he spent a year in detention barracks. And, and of course, detention barracks, they, they, uh, was known as DB. And if you were in DB, you were in trouble. So this is called the DB Blues. And uh, it's Lester's tune, of course. Well, Lester, it's great hearing you and the Hulk together on Jubilee. We'll never forget this visit. Neither will I, Ernie. Well, since you're first up, Lester, what's a good word on the solo section?
0: Well, it's an original of mine, Ernie, and I call it the DB Blues.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm mm-hmm. Heard the knowing uh, "uh-huh" from uh, Ernie Whitman when uh, Lester Young announced the name of the tune he was going to play. Uh, that was Lester Young, of course, the president on tenor Saxophone with Kenny Kersey on piano. He was born in Windsor, Ontario, and a great, uh, a great pianist and underrated. Billy Hadnot on bass was the mainstay of the Los Angeles uh, scene and the great Shadow Wilson on drums. And we heard, of course, the D.B. Blues, which stood for Detention Barracks Blues. Lester Young, I'm sure he had a lot of memories when he played that tune. We're going to be back after a couple of uh, announcements with um, the fabulous Christine Jensen and her Juno Award-winning album called Habitat. And, of course, this is a big band with uh, all musicians uh, based in Montreal. And we'll be right back after these messages.
0: Are you looking for a volunteer opportunity that fits your schedule? Being a Big Sister takes less time than you think, and you can choose the volunteer opportunity that fits your life. Spend just one hour a week as a study buddy, tutor, or two hours a week as a Big Sister. Check out the various mentoring programs at Big Sisters of BC Lower Mainland and find a volunteer position and a little sister that will suit you to a tee. Visit bigsisters.bc.ca for more information today.
1: on your FM dial or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker. This is The Jazz Show. And coming up is uh, a young lady by the name of Christine Jensen. Christine and her sister Ingrid, who is one of the leading trumpet players in jazz, um, are from Nanaimo. And, uh, they, <laughs> that's exactly where the famous Diana Crawl is from, too. So there must be something in the water in Nanaimo to, to, to produce these incredibly talented musicians. Christine, of course, um, went to McGill University. She headed for Montreal. And Christine, uh, of course, has now, of course, graduated, etc., and, and, uh, teaches in Montreal and, and plays. She's a wonderful, uh, saxophonist plays uh, alto saxophone and soprano saxophone, and of course, she is an incredible writer and organizer, and um, she put together this huge jazz orchestra made up of Montreal-based musicians. Now, I'm not going to run down all the names. I'll give you the names of the soloists. Um, A lot of these people um, you're not going to know. Some of the people are good friends of mine or acquaintances of mine, um, and I will mention the rhythm section. John Roney is the pianist. Um, Fraser Hollins uh, is the bassist. Uh, Richard Irwin is on drums. And of course, the, the band consists of about five trumpet players, a tuba player, um, bass trombones, a whole bunch of trombones, and a whole bunch of saxophones from alto, tenor, to baritone saxophone. And... Uh, Incredible uh, musicianship in this band. This album won the Juno for large or jazz, uh, large orchestral um, album. And the album is called Habitat and uh, the Christine Jensen Jazz Orchestra. The first tune we're going to hear, we're going to hear a couple of tunes. This one features her big sister Ingrid on trumpet and Donnie Kennedy on alto saxophone. It's a very um evocative piece of music and it's called tree lines and i'm not sure what i'm going to follow this with but i'll let you know uh we'll do one more after this maybe even two more before we come up to the jazz feature so we'll open the set with the ingrid jensen jazz orchestra out of montreal juno award winner and this is called tree lines Two pieces of music by the Christine Jansen Jazz Orchestra, and of course, as I mentioned before, this album called Habitat uh, won the Juno Award for Large Jazz Ensemble. And of course, this is the the orchestra is made up of the cream of the crop of Montreal musicians. And um, as I said, I'm not going to get into all the names, um, but uh, I'll tell you the soloists on the pieces. And, of course, both of them were arrangements and compositions by the very talented Christine Jansen, from, originally from Nanaimo. And uh, she went off to Montreal to McGill to study music and, of course, has emerged as uh, one of Canada's most important musicians uh, leading this uh, huge ensemble, and of course she tours with a small group occasionally too, because uh, she is a very fine um, alto and soprano saxophonist. So the first piece of music was the the very evocative piece called "Tree Lines," and that featured her uh, Christine's older sister Ingrid Ingrid Jensen, one of the world's leading jazz trumpeters, um, and. Donnie Kennedy on alto saxophone and they they kind of amalgamated uh um, their solos on that on that piece. The second piece was called Blue Yonder and that featured uh, Samuel Blais on baritone saxophone and Richard Irwin on drums on uh, on that particular piece. And um there's more from this album, and we'll hear some more. There's some very fascinating compositions on here. And uh, Christine, of course, as I said, has uh, really emerged as uh, a vital force in, uh, in Canadian creative music. And uh, congratulations on winning the Juno for this very fine album called Habitat. We're going to get into our jazz feature very soon. Uh, It's just coming up to 11 o'clock. And of course, um, I would like to remind you that you are listening to the Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker. And we're here every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz music. And we'll be very soon celebrating the 82nd birthday of Loxley Wellington Hampton. Slide Hampton, as he is better known as. Uh, Wonderful trombonist, arranger, composer, and I think one of his uh, very fine albums. We're going to be doing the whole album called The Drum Suite. So we'll get to that in a moment. I'd just like to remind you that um, of a few things, including uh, Brian Nation's great website, which of course is VancouverJazz.com. And that's a comprehensive website, it's got all kinds of stuff on there, uh, including all the gigs uh, he keeps that website up to date. And uh, of course there's all sorts of links, uh, biographies of, uh musicians and, uh, this and that, the other thing, including our jazz features too. There's a whole section called jazz on the air. And if you click onto that, you can see a write-up of, uh, every week's jazz feature by, and the write-up is written by me, yours truly. And, uh That is a comprehensive website. That's uh, vancouverjazz.com. And, of course, the other fine website is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And it won't be long. uh, I suspect in another week, maybe another two weeks, there'll be um, the finalization of who's coming to the jazz festival uh, with the whole lineup and uh, everything else. So, but you can still get on to their website, which is coastaljazz.ca. Uh, you can purchase tickets if you want to want to do stuff in advance. I think it's important to do that. Um, you know, get on the ball, make your plans, because uh, there's enough stuff up there um, to really um, tempt you. This year, Bobby McFerrin is coming here. Charles Lloyd is coming here. Charles, uh, John Schofield, all kinds of uh, wonderful people. And you'll find out all their names and and information if you go on to the Coastal Jazz website, coastaljazz.ca. One more thing, of course, I always mention my buddy Ken Speller. Great musician, plays saxophone, clarinet, flute, all that stuff, but he also repairs all those instruments. Um, because they're always in need of repair. There's always a pad that need, that, that leaks or a, a spring that's broken or something's busted on those instruments. And, of course, uh, a lot of people don't understand. Sometimes if, if you... Um, I've seen accidents happen on the bandstand. Someone will inadvertently bang uh, the saxophone a little bit, and then all of a sudden it's unplayable because uh, uh, the spring is broken or the key's knocked out of place, and you can't play the damn thing. And it's just a a very slight repair, but you got to take it to a repairman to to get it fixed. So (laughs) there you go. Anyway, um, if you want to sound your best, whether you're an amateur, professional, uh, or whatever uh, on your instrument, Ken Speller will fix it up for you. Um, He's located in the 13th and Lonsdale area of North Vancouver. Uh, He has his repair shop right in his home, so his costs are very reasonable. And um, he's very fair about uh, what he uh, can do for you and what it'll cost you to fix your instrument and put it in tip-top shape. So he's got a telephone at 778-800-1933, 778-800-1933. Or you can reach him by email, kspeller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. kspeller, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. And, of course, he's, uh, he's every uh, uh, saxophone player or clarinet player, flute player's best friend. So uh, get to know Ken Speller. He's a good guy. Our jazz feature, Slide Hampton, it was so wonderful that I got a, so I sent him an email uh, uh, congratulating him on his birthday. Of course, Slide is still very much with us. He's 82 years old. He still tours. Uh, He leads ensembles and he teaches and um, he, I wished him happy birthday, and, and I said, your music lives, and a few other things, and, and he emailed me back today and, and thanked me for the birthday greetings, and he said, my music lives because of people like you, and I was very touched by that. He's, he's, he's a lovely man and uh, a superb musician, and we're going to hear this album, which was done in 1962 over a couple of Dates in April, and it was done for the Epic label, which was a subsidiary of Columbia Records. And it features uh, in 1960, Slide Hampton, after apprenticing with Lionel Hampton's band and Maynard Ferguson's band, uh, and other bands. Of course, he, he uh, uh, is an equally fine arranger, uh, composer, as well as a wonderful trombone player and one of the major voices, really, on, on, on the trombone. Um, Slide formed his own band called the Slide Hampton Octet. Uh, that's normally eight pieces, but sometimes it was nine pieces. Sometimes it was, went up to 11 pieces, depending on, on what was going on. They toured the United States. They also toured Europe and recorded for several labels, and uh, this is one of the labels that they uh, recorded for um L- Hampton kept the name the Octet because he patented that name even though the the band expanded sometimes Uh, The basic personnel was an octet, and several important musicians came through that band. Uh, The great tenor saxophonist George Coleman, uh, Freddie Hubbard was in the band, uh, one of the giants of the trumpet, um, all kinds of other great musicians, some that didn't uh, make a, a, a huge name but were just top-notch players like Jay Cameron, the baritone saxophonist, uh, wonderful player, and he's, uh, he's in the band. Anyway, the people involved here are, um, it's the octet plus some guests, and there's a couple of tunes that Freddie Hubbard comes, uh, he returns to the band, and uh, we hear him in solo on a couple of pieces. Um, the first Three pieces we're going to hear has Freddie Hubbard uh on trumpet, including uh, uh Freddie and Hobart Dotson on trumpets, uh Benny Jacobs L and Slide Hampton on trombones, George Coleman on tenor saxophone, Jay Cameron on baritone saxophone, Tommy Flanagan on piano, Eddie Kahn on bass, and the star of this whole thing, he's on all the tunes. Uh, is drummer Max Roach. And it's Max's playing that makes this music so vital and significant. Uh, Max wasn't doing any sideman gigs at the time. And it's very interesting that he uh, agreed to... Uh, record with Slide Hampton. That's the respect that Max held Slide uh, in, and that that he would do a sideman gig with uh, with Slide. And of course, the title uh, track of this album is is basically dedicated to Max, and we'll hear that in in time. But the first three pieces uh, we're going to hear. Um, it's a, the first one is a standard called "It's All Right with Me," written by Cole Porter. Uh, the second tune is um the first tune is called our waltz i'm sorry uh and it's written by david rose and the second tune is uh, it's all right with me written by cole porter and the third tune is uh, a lovely rendition of stella by starlight and then we'll move on to uh to part two and uh we'll hear some other things and i'll let you know uh basically uh there's very little change in the personnel. Um, for the second part but this is part one of the drum suite by the great Slide Hampton and uh, we'd like to wish Slide once again a very happy birthday so we open the set with Our Waltz written by David Rose and of course all the tunes are arranged by Slide Hampton here we go The next selection of tunes, we heard, of course, three tunes by the band with Freddie Hubbard on on trumpet, who was heard in solo. We heard some solos by the leader, Slide Hampton, and also the great George Coleman on tenor saxophone and Tommy Flanagan at the piano. And, of course, the guest artist, Max Roach on drums, and some uh, fine playing by everyone else in the band. The tunes we heard... Uh, We opened with uh, Our Waltz, written by David Rose. Then we moved to an up-tempo version of It's All Right With Me, written by Cole Porter. And finally, Stella by Starlight, by Victor Young. The next guest on tap, uh, Freddie Hubbard now leaves the band. And um, Willie Thomas takes over on trumpet for him, along with Hobart Dotson. Two trumpets, uh, again, Benny Jacobs L., and Slide Hampton on trombones, George Coleman on tenor saxophone, Jay Cameron on barry, uh, Tommy Flanagan on piano, Eddie Kahn on bass, and of course Max Roach on drums. But the guest this time is the great flutist and tenor saxophonist, the wonderful Yusef Latif, and he will appear on the next three tunes. We're going to hear, uh, the first one is a Slide Hampton original in 5-4 time, You'll recognize the time signature on this one. It's called Thump, and it features uh, Mr. Latif on flute. And then a ballad feature for Yousef, uh, a lovely version of the Johnny Burke, Jimmy Van Heusen tune, Like Someone in Love. And then the, the final tune with Yousef uh, actually features a tenor saxophone battle between Yousef and George Coleman. And the tune is an up-tempo thing called Gallery Groove, written by Slide Hampton. So here we go into the next part two of our jazz feature with the Slide Hampton Octet and guests. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: We heard another group of tunes that featured the great Yusef Latif as guest on both flute and tenor saxophone. And of course, uh, the tunes, um, Youssef with the octet and, of course, uh, guest artist Max Roach on drums. Uh, the tunes we heard were Thump, written by Slide Hampton in 5-4 time, featured Youssef Latif on flute and then, of course, his uh, switch to his tenor saxophone, and we heard uh, the ballad, and then the extended version of the ballad, Like Someone in Love. And the final tune, and excuse the little miscue there, but uh, uh, we um, landed on Gallery Groove, written by uh, Slide Hampton. And that featured uh, a bit of a, a tenor saxophone battle between Yusef Latif and George Coleman, and one of the more exciting tracks on the album. We have two more to go. Um, the next tune, without Yusuf Lateef, although Max Roach is still there. This is the octet, and we're going to hear Rodgers and Hart's great uh, composition called "Lover," uh, arranged, of course, by Slide Hampton. And then the final piece is the title track of the album, the "Drum Suite," written by Slide Hampton. So. The final two pieces of this uh, great date. And we begin with Richard Rogers, or Rogers and Hart's Lover. We heard the conclusion of this album with all the arrangements and uh, several of the compositions written by the great Slide Hampton, whose birthday it is today. And I'm happy to say he's still alive and well, performing, touring, teaching, and uh, playing great trombone. He's one of the uh, leading jazz trombonists in the world. We heard the final two pieces. Um... Slide's arrangement of uh, Richard Rodgers and uh, Lorenz Hart's great tune called Lover, which features solos by Richard Williams on trumpet and Slide himself on trombone. And then the final tune was the title track, his composition called Drum Sweet and Making a Return Appearance on that was the great Yusef Latif on tenor saxophone and of course uh, the other important guest on this album, the great Max Roach on drums. So that's that's our jazz feature this evening, this incredible album by this gentleman who is celebrating his 82nd birthday today and uh, he's still alive and well and I was really happy to get a... I wished him happy birthday, and I was very happy to get an email from him this morning acknowledging the fact that I did so and uh, that he's uh, still alive and, uh, and active and doing what he's supposed to do. Great musician. Loxley Wellington Hampton, better known as Slide Hampton. And uh, that's about it for uh, our show this week. Uh, next week on the jazz feature is, I think the... Um, although he had he had made an album under his own name and of course several appearances uh on recording dates with Miles Davis and other people. This album by John Coltrane was really the one that turned people's heads um it was it's originally called um, John Coltrane with the Red Garland Trio and then it uh they reissued it again and called it Trainin' In, because that's one of, the, one of the tunes on the album. But this was the album that, that really, I think, um, made people, and even his, his detractors, turn around and say, this guy is an important saxophone player. And this was done, uh, I guess it was about a month or so before his legendary Blue Train album, was uh, made for uh, Blue Note Records, so that's the feature next week. It's uh, it's John Coltrane with the Red Garland Trio, of course, which featured Red on piano, uh, Paul Chambers on bass, and the great Arthur Taylor on drums. And it's a wonderful album. We're, that's going to be the feature for the last show in April. John Coltrane's album, Trainin' In, that's the other title. Anyway. Thank you very much for listening this evening and we hope you enjoyed the music and we'll be back next week with some more. Um, Stay tuned now and uh, please don't touch the dial because there's more great music coming up with Shay and uh, she's got a a great program planned for you um, right after midnight. So with that in mind, I'll say goodnight on behalf of uh, CITR, FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca, and myself, Gavin Walker. And we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Do ba di do di di